Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. How is everyone? We got five people who are good and someone who's blessed and highly favored. How, how is everyone tonight? You, you excited to be in church? Uh, I know I am. I had a great nap this afternoon, like a, a champion nap. Yes, it was a woo. Uh, that's exactly how I felt when I waked up. I'm like, I needed that. Oh, so it's good to be in the house of the Lord. And I'm so thankful for the thread of God's spirit and for the community that is developing here. I want to encourage you, come early, stay late, get to know people. Uh, Life really is changed in the context of relationships. You need to get around big people, big places, big ideas, big anointings. You need to get around that. When I look at my life as far as what shaped it, one of the things that has shaped it the most is by getting around the right people. And when I say getting around the right people, I'm not just talking about showing up where they showed up. I'm talking about getting around the right people, like making it a priority. The Lord spoke to my heart, actually. He said, you need to extend the network of your connectedness to as many people as possible. And uh, you can ask a lot of people. I tell a lot of people I want to take you to dinner. I, I, I tell a lot of people I want to get around you. And some of them is to get them around me. And other times it's for me to get around them. Um, but you need to be proactive. Um, you know, we, we live in this world, especially now it seems like where generations are like waiting on everyone else to kind of like connect. No, you need to be proactive and like go after the people that, that God has called you to be with because in order for Elisha to be Elisha, he needs Elijah. He needs the Lord, but he's finding the Lord through Elijah. And that anointing that he caught was through that impartation of fellowship with who he was connected to. And Elijah said, if you see me when I go up, then this will be done unto you, meaning this double portion of anointed, uh, anointing. But Elisha became Elisha through connection, through staying close to who God told him to stay close to. And we have to fight to stay connected to the right people. And we have to fight to find the right people and like connect with them and wade through the mess and I just sense this in my heart. You can't get offended easily. Like you, you can't get at this place where like someone upsets you so much that you withdraw connection from who God has called you to be connected to. Um, the enemy is very good at like sowing discord among the brethren. And God says, I hate that. Um, like literally in Proverbs, it says he hates discord among the brethren. And, and the thing that sows discord among the brethren because we need each other. We, we need uh, other people's hands and other people's faces. Paul said, I desire to see your face that I may impart something unto you. Meaning there's something that you need that can only come through seeing the face of the people God's called you to connect to. Um, we see all throughout scripture, people being healed by the laying on of hands close enough to touch close enough for the walls to come down so that, that you may have healing and life. Uh, and we need that with each other, and we need to, to search the thread of the Spirit to find that, uh, find that out. I look at even, like, on my way over here tonight, 
I was going through uh, just some of my notes, and it's funny, I left my notebook, but it's okay, uh, because I, like I always say, you, you study like there is no Holy Ghost, but then you preach like that's all there is. Uh, so we are not confined or limited to our notes, because uh, we don't have them anyway tonight. Uh, so, But out of that, um, I was walking out the door, because me and my wife tonight were like ships passing in the wind, with three children uh, going multiple different places, and like this is the weekend for all things, from football games to... To fall fest, to school activities, and with three kids, you are running. I told my daughter the other night, she's 16, I'm like, it is far past the time you learn how to drive where you can take your brother's places. Like, this is, uh, this is necessary, not just for you now, this is necessary for your father. If you love me, drive. Uh, so out, out of this, uh, you know, I'm walking out and I see my iPad. I don't know if you have, I'm sure you do if you have an iPhone or an iPad. Like, it'll pull up pictures or things of like photos for you right now or like memories for you kind of that kind of thing and one of them pulled up from 2019 when me and my daughter took a mission trip to China and I I noticed that in this season of my daughter's life like months before this I could see a darkness trying to come on her now this is very interesting Um, when I say darkness I just mean there is a such thing as like a spirit of heaviness and it's funny, like, um, I have now two teenagers and a nine-year-old, so, like, you're watching life and you're watching over them. Um, an effective pr- parent is like a watchman on the wall, and so you're constantly looking for the threat of the enemy and to lift up your voice to stand against it, to raise a standard. And so, anyway, I was just kind of watching and praying, and I could see it. I could see it in the spirit, and I could see it trying to, you know, rest on her. And in praying about that, I, I you know, asked the Lord, because this is not something you correct. Uh, you can't um, um, you know, necessarily come in and just force change in this area, because you're not dealing with the flesh. And this, this is so foreign to people, and this is why people struggle so much, because these things are foreign to people. But I, I could see this, and I knew this is spiritual, And God has put me in her life to deal with this spiritual thing. If you've ever read the book of Daniel, you see the double kingdom principle. That there was the kingdom of Persia, but above the kingdom of Persia was something in the supernatural that was trying to control it. Um, And the Bible says you don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And the, the truth is, even with your own flesh and blood, it's not just you. Uh, there are things that you need to stand against and things you need to rebuke. So anyway, I was praying and I asked the Lord what to do. And he said, you need to be with her. See, this is something that you need to understand even as a parent is with God. God can change anything about you. All he needs is for you to give one, him one thing and that is time in his presence. And this is what most people don't give God. They, they don't give him time. But if you get in the presence of God, you will change from glory to glory. If you behold the glory of God, you will change into the same image. And the same thing is true with your kids. What they need, they don't just need your money or provision or your Christmas gifts or your pumpkins or any of those types of things. You know what they need? They need you. When God made man come alive, you know what he did? He got face to face with him, close enough to breathe into him. And the spirit that was in God became the spirit that was in Adam and he came alive We need face-to-face interaction. We need closeness. And so out of that, the the Lord dealt with me. He's like, all she needs is time with you. And I'm like, well, how do I get time with her? He said, homeschooler. 
And I'm like, whoa, that's uh, like that's not me. Like I'm not a homeschool dad. Like that's uh, that's not uh, on the the cards right now. Like that's that's not something that um, um, I've been. And, and I got it again, homeschool. And if it's God, it'll linger. Uh, so I went to bed the next day. It just it came up again, and it came up for weeks. And finally, I came to my wife, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, you need to pray about something. And because I'm like, I know this is on you <laughs> far more than it's going to be on me. And my wife was homeschooled all growing up. Uh, and so anyway, I, I told her because we had both said we will never homeschool our kids. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, you know, we wound up doing this. So, but she came and she's, I told her and she's I, like, I think we need a homeschool Reese. And she's like, really? I'm like, pray about it. And she prayed about it, and she came back, and she's like, I think you're right. And we're like, okay, now we got to talk to Reese. Because I'm, I'm a big believer in, like, teaching children to choose. It's, it's good. Like, sometimes you got to force. Like, and especially when they're young. It's like, don't play in the street. Sometimes you have to do that. But as they get older, my son the other day, I grounded him from Instagram, like, months ago. And um, anyway, long story as to why. But um, I saw like he was sneaking it. <laughs> uh, uh, children. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I, I found out about it. And I'm like, I'm going to wait to talk to him about it. Just wait, 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 wait. Somebody says, well, why don't you just ground him? It's like, well, you know, just you've got to learn to parent with the spirit. And God is patient with you. You need to be patient with your children. Incorrection rushes wrong every time. In correction, correcting a person, anybody, rush is wrong every time. Because if you get in the flesh, the flesh will wound. The spirit profits and gives life. The flesh will hurt somebody. Um, and so out of this, like I, I saw this, you know, I waited for a moment. And then the moment happened in our kitchen and my son comes down and we're talking. And then, you know, we're just looking face to face. And I see I have a connection with him. And as soon as I see I have the connection, I just hear the Spirit say, now. I said, how long will you let your conscience not bother you when you disobey me? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you've been on Instagram. And you know, like I'm not against social media, but I'm trying to train you how to be disciplined. And I see right now that was something that was a hindrance to you, but you've been on it. And um, my, my heart is not to get you to obey me. My heart is to get you to choose your spirit. And I know on the inside of you, every time you did it, you, you had a prick and you had a knowing on the inside that this was something you were asked not to do. And out of honor um, to listen to that. And so he's looking at me. I said, you're not in trouble. I said, my goal is not to correct you. This is not a prison. My goal is to train you. And not to train you to obey me, but to train you to listen to your spirit and to listen to your heart. Choose, choose, choose. The goal of parenting is to teach our children how to choose life, like we talked about this morning. Um, and so out of this, you know, we're navigating. So with our daughter, I know, like by the spirit, I have to let her choose. That if I don't let her choose in this case, and there are sometimes, don't get me wrong, there's other times I'm like, you're not choosing. Uh, you know, you're not at that place where you can choose. Um, but I knew if I did not let her choose in this, it would breed rebellion. And so I came to her and I'm like, me and your mom have been praying and we think you need a homeschool. And she's like, really? 
Uh, and she's like, I don't want to homeschool. I'm like, I know. We don't want to homeschool you. <laughs> this is not something we thought up. I promise you. As much as you don't want to do it, we don't want to do it. Uh, but I'm like, I really think it's the Lord. And the, the Lord, um, I, I really feels, I feel like uh, I'm supposed to be with you and even to take like two weeks off of work and take you to China on a mission trip. And I'm like, that's not bait to get you to say yes, but I genuinely feel like that's what I'm supposed to do with you. And I can't take that trip with you if we don't homeschool. And uh, so she said she'd pray about it. And she prayed about it and she agreed to it. And anyway, we noticed even during that first part of homeschool, like there's something there, but we're watchful of it. And I'm not concerned, but I am watchful. You, you don't get worried, but you do watch. And so I'm just watching, 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 watching. And then we go to China and something happened right before we were going to China that I thought we might not go. And the whole trip, like on our end, there was something that came up. But then on that end of the trip as well, uh, there was, you know, everything fell apart. Our missionaries were like, you can't come. And we're like, what do you mean you can't come? Like, we got our tickets. We've got an itinerary. We got a trip. We got like all these other types of things. And they're like, we are being watched by like the government. And the last thing we need is a bunch of Americans coming in right now. It'll bring too much attention. And I'm like, what in the world? And so, like, we just saying, like, you, you make all things work together for our good. Or maybe that was just me over there. Um, <laughs> but that's, like, what I was, what I was just singing. Uh, and, and anyway, but that was an example of how, like, what I thought was evil, God was actually at work. And when you're spiritual, you have the ability to see God at work. Even in the difficult moments, you see God. Um, and so out of that, like I'm watching this and the, this, this, this trip all begins to fall into place where it turns into like the perfect moment for Reese and everything that didn't happen should not have happened. And then everything that should have happened, the spirit of God, like just putting it in the river, the spirit of God just took it where it needed to go. And me and my daughter, this was all because like I saw photos of this trip right before I came here. So I'm watching this kind of play out, this whole trip, like it's me and her together. And on this trip, like the, the first two nights in, we're just looking over the city of Hong Kong from our hotel room, and it's just me and her. I'm like, come by this window, and we get down on our knees, and we just like pray over China and speak blessing over this nation. And as we're there, like I just feel God's spirit, and I start praying in the spirit, and my daughter gets filled with the Holy Spirit. And just this wonderful, nothing is better than this. Nothing is better than like seeing your kids encounter Jesus. So like out of this, like we had this moment and then we have like all these one-on-one -on -one conversations and these things just kind of pop up and these things kind of walk and like this, this thread of the spirit. But I can see the whole time she's with me, she's changing. And then out of this, like, we, we have, like, we go pray for lepers, like, like, literally biblical, like, crazy things. And, like, I'm flashing through the pictures this evening. I'm, like, see my daughter. She's, like, you know, 12, like, praying over lepers and, like, these types of things. I'm, like, this is the kingdom of God. And how it all turned out was because everything canceled, there was a, a, a group of believers who were foreign nationals. These are people who are in China who are not Chinese, people from Korea and Holland and all these things and they're all missionaries 
Uh, well, because we couldn't meet with our Chinese people, China would allow, at least up till that point, would allow like foreign nationals together, but you had to put up a sign saying Chinese people are not, not allowed to enter here. Uh, so it was like an interdenominational kind of like faith thing where like if you were from Holland or America or Korea, like you could come in and meet, but you couldn't have the Chinese in with you. It's amazing. Like you, you go into China, you cross the border from Hong Kong into China, they get every one of your fingerprints and scan your entire face. Like it ain't the past. I mean, it's, it's something. Um, and it's the, the thief, it's the devil trying to keep the gospel out. I mean, that's, that's all it is. But it's a beautiful place with beautiful people. And so out of that, like, all of this is happening. And so this church just happened, and this was not on our itinerary. This church just happened to be holding a youth seminar. Out of everything they could be doing at this time, they hold a youth seminar. So all of these people who are missionaries in China from all over the world who are operating under the guise of, like, I own a coffee shop and I'm planting a farm and, like, I'm here learning Chinese. They're all under the guise of that. But really what they're there for is missions. And we're all there and we're, we're just, you know, uh, watching this play out. And they bring all their kids in and have a youth meeting. And I watch my daughter at this youth meeting, and I'm like, God, like, you are, like, everything here. All the messages and all these things are just, you know, tying together. And while it's there, they say, our speaker canceled. And so would you want to speak? I'm like, yeah, I'll speak. And it was on the Sunday morning with the youth and the parents all together. And I'm sitting there, and they had a little Starbucks uh, in this little village. Starbucks is everywhere. I'm like, if we could get aggressive about Jesus, as people are about coffee and Coke, we would evangelize the world. I'm serious. I've been like in the most remote places of the world. They've never heard Jesus. There's Coca-Cola. Like, I'm serious. Like, never heard the name of Jesus. One of the places I went in China literally had never ever heard of Jesus, Adam and Eve, any of those types of things. Like unreached people groups is a real thing. I mean, like no idea what I was talking about. Uh, so and somebody says, well, what do you do? You got to see the power of God. <laughs> That's the only explanation. It's like Adam and Eve has no relevance to him. Uh, Jesus, a Jewish man who lived 2000 years ago has no relevance to him. But if you're lame and now you're walking, uh, you become relevant. It's like, tell me more about what you believe. Uh, so you've got to have the spirit. Like you see acts of like, don't even try to go out there and do this without the power of Jesus. Uh, so anyway... I'm sitting there at this coffee shop and I'm just drinking coffee and I'm praying in the spirit. I'm like, what do you want me to share? Like, what an opportunity to talk to missionaries from all over the world. And the Lord spoke to my heart and, and he, he told me, um, he, he's like, um, tell them about autumn. I'm like, what do you mean about autumn? He's like, you know, autumn's your favorite season. I'm like, yep. And so I preached that message actually here at the church before of like my favorite season is right now, autumn fall, whatever you want to call it. The leaves are changing. The fires are crackling. S'mores are it. Come on, somebody. A s'more. Thank God for it. We should make s'mores one Sunday night. Bonfire somewhere around here. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, like fall is my favorite thing. And one, one, se- one day I was driving in fall and like all the leaves are changing colors and it's just beautiful. I told the Lord, I'm like, I love this. And he's like, it's dying. I'm like, what? Like, I heard that in my spirit. I'm like, I love this. And he's like, it's dying. A season is changing. Did you know you can even love a season that's changing? 
He's like, can you imagine how frustrating it would be, Joel, if you tried to take each thing that was dying and glue it back on those trees, hoping it would never change? And he said, so many of my people live trying to hang on to past seasons by taking what is beautiful, not realizing it is dying and something new is being born in its place. But they're so trying to hold on to the last season that they are missing what I am doing in the new, in the new season. And like, I get that on my heart so strong. And I'm like, I don't know what God's going to do in this service, but I know something is about to change for these people. Like something is about to change for these people. And I get up and I start preaching that, like you love it, but it's dying and something is about to change and you can't keep trying to hold on to past seasons and all these types of things. Anyway, all these missionaries and all their kids get together at the altar and they just all start singing. Like all of them start singing. We start singing. I give my life away so you can use me. I never will forget this moment. These kids, these parents, Koreans, Holland people, like people from England, like all of these other types of things, my daughter, me, her, all singing. I give my life away so you can use me. We leave that conference. Three days later, they come in, deport almost every one of those missionaries, send them all out. The season changed, but they were ready for it. Then COVID happened. Uh, the season change. But here's my point. Out of that, I look at what happened in the life of my daughter and I see change. I see a change there. I see the, the work of the Lord and the work of the Spirit there working to, to supernaturally arrange and change, arrange and change, arrange and change. You've got to get arranged before you can be fully changed. Arrange. What do you mean by arrange? To the right people and to the right places. And your heart will know if you're sensitive to the Lord. And you are, I, I say if you're sensitive, you're more sensitive than you think you are. If you are a child of God, your spirit bears witness with his spirit that you are a child of God, which means you have a witness. Uh, so there is a knowing on the inside of the believer, like something that is in tune with God. And there's just sometimes you sense like something is changing, a place is changing, uh, faces are changing. Like there are things that I need to, to arrange, directions that I need to follow through on, things I need to cooperate with, people I le- need alignment with, places I need alignment with, things that I need alignment with. And you have to be open to that. Open to homeschooling, open to, to uh, that, whatever that is for you, uh, open to being in uncomfortable places and, and, and with things that like shake your box and connect you to the things you need to be connected to. But out of that, like we saw through these connections and through these places and the thread of the spirit intertwining them all. Uh, what the, the, the work of the Lord that God wants to do in my daughter Gather and be more firm. Now, why did I say all that? I said all that to say to you, of there's some people you need to spend time with. You need time with them. My daughter, what she needed was time with me. Uh, because there are some things that only come with time. Um, and we need time with the right people. We need time in their presence. And this is why it's so important that you discern who you need to be with. Even Jesus in his earthly ministry, he picked it up in his heart. I do not need to commit myself to them. There's something that is there. What they want for me is not what God wants for me. 
They wanted to make Jesus a physical king. And he knew what they want for me is not what God wants for me. Uh, and so he could not connect with them. I've even seen some things like in the natural, like even with my kids. And just when I talk about my kids, just think of yourself, because that's what I see you as. And somebody says, well, I'm 65 still, though. Just I, God's given me oversight in that area. So your children. Um, but like when I see, see kids and those types of things, like when I watch my kids, sometimes I'll look at it and I'm like in the natural, like I should say no. But the spirit is saying yes. And it's like it'll be safe for them. Because to render children able is, to, is better than to render them safe. We try to keep everybody and everything safe. We fight for comfort in America. Uh, but to render someone capable of an adventure and capable and able enough. You know, when Jesus sent the disciples out, did you know how he sent them out? He sent them out without a purse and a bag. Why? Exactly what we've been talking about on Sunday nights. He put them in a wilderness. He said, when you go on this journey, don't take anything with you. Don't take a bag. Don't take a purse. Don't take a suitcase. Take nothing with you. Why why did he do that? He's trying to teach them how to trust him. Because to render them able is better than to render them safe. God's trying to get you so refined spiritually that the wind and the waves don't capture your attention anymore. That it doesn't, you're not in awe. You're not impressed. You're not impressed by the storm. It doesn't impress you. Why? You've got eyes fixed on Jesus. You've got eyes fixed on the Lord. And so out of this, this is why God grows us in these things, is to render us able and to put us in a position where we are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Does this make sense? I know I'm trying to like find this landing place because I, I, I just sense God wants to do something unique in you. Um, so um, out of these things, let's go over there and look at that real quick. Go to Luke 10. You know, sometimes we quote these things. This is not in my notes, but I don't have any. Luke 10 and verse number one. Now, after this, uh, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them in pairs. You see, he didn't send them out alone. He sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. Notice they had to go before Jesus did. He sent them out into the places he was going to go and saying unto them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go, behold, I send you out as lambs amidst wolves. Well, that doesn't sound good. Like you have to keep in mind, you know what the the disciples were? They were teenagers. Literally, the disciples were teenagers. The oldest may have been Peter and they say he may have been like 20. And he's telling them, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. You have no idea the world that you're going out into. And it's like, well, why are you sending them out? Because to render them able is better to render them safe. To get them in a position where they can brave the wilderness. And they're not afraid of life. And they're not afraid of people. And they're not afraid of adversity. And they're not afraid of like facing things head on. They're not afraid of disease. They're not afraid of a negative report. They're not afraid of a loss of a job. They're not afraid of a bill. They're not afraid of these things. Why? You're training them. And God's trying to train you. This is actually one of the purposes of the wilderness. Is to train you to trust him. 
um, that like you can trust him in the middle of this. But you know how you get trained in trust? You get opportunities to trust God. And so out of that, like, you know, we're praying like, God, develop me. And he's like, are you sure? Because I'm going to send you out as a lamb among wolves. And he sends them out as a lamb among wolves. But to make it worse, watch what he does. He says, and carry no money belt, no bag, no shoes, and greet no one along the way. What's he saying? Don't rely on your money and don't rely on your personality. He says, don't try to sugar your way over into situations. Uh, Don't try to make these things happen. Uh, And he's saying, like, he knows some of us rely on money and then others of us rely on personality. And he says, when you go in this way, don't carry any money with you. And then don't try to greet everyone and connect with everyone you meet to make this road easier. It's not meant to be easy right now. It's meant to develop you. It's meant to train you. Stop asking it for it to be easier and start asking God to make you better. When you're better, it'll be easier. You get in a gym and you lift some weights. What once was hard will now be easy. And it's not because it got easier. It's because you got stronger. And God is trying to make us stronger. And as parents, we got to make our kids stronger too, which means we can't protect them from everything. Uh, And so out of this, he's like, I'm going to put you in some uncomfortable places and I'm not going to make the phone calls for you. And I'm not going to like help you out with these things. I'm going to strip away your advantage and I'm going to send you out. Now, can you imagine if I did that to you? If I'm like, okay, you're going to make a cross country trip. And it's like, okay, wonderful. It's like, and and like when you go out there, there's plenty of dangerous things that might hurt you. It's like, really? Yeah, but I'm still sending you out anyway. It's like, okay. It's like, before you go though, don't take a wallet, credit card, cash, or money. And then also while you go, don't call any of your friends and be like, I'm passing through Tulsa. Can I get a house? You know, like, don't do that. What's he doing? He's training them to trust him. Training them to trust, training them to trust, training them to trust. And in all these things, God is watching this development to, to like align you. I, I just get that like alignment, connected to God, connected to each other, connected to place. Find the places, find the people and find the source and connect to the right things. And so Jesus here is getting the disciples trained in trust. And they go out there and they see miracles and they come back and they report and all these things. And later, in fact, let's go over there and look at that. I think it's Luke 22. Luke 22. And let's look at this real quick. They come back and it's wonderful. And then in Luke 22, yes, in verse number 35. And he said unto them, when I sent you out without money belt, and bag and sandals. You did not lack anything, did you? And they said, no, we lack nothing. And he said unto them, but now whoever has a money belt is to take it along. Likewise, also a bag and whoever has uh, no sword is to sell his coat and to buy one. What's he saying? He's like, now that you have been trained physically or trained spiritually, let me equip you physically. Now that you have been trained to trust God spiritually, let me equip you with what you need physically. And in all of our, our, our lives, like we're fighting for this of like following the thread. This is, I think, what I'm supposed to get at following the thread of the spirit. 
and connecting to the right people, following the thread of the Spirit and connecting to the right places, following the thread of the Spirit and being faithful to trust the Lord, following the thread of the Spirit and taking an adventure, following the thread of the Spirit and watching God work out things that didn't turn out the way you wanted them to towards your advantage. He's, he's training you to not look at the wind and the waves. He's training you to trust the sound of his voice. He's training you that when he tells you to do something, you hear it and you obey it. This is what God's trying to do in the wilderness is to align you where you are sensitive to his voice, sensitive to his people, sensitive to his places and connected to all those things. And then when you get in that alignment spiritually, he begins to equip you physically. This is the promised land. It's like before, I didn't, I didn't have any of these things to my advantage. All I had was faith in God. And God's like, great. Now that you got some faith in me, let me equip you with the purse, the money, and the sword again. Let me get you ready in the, these natural things. But see, we don't want that training. We, we don't want to, to come back and, and, and just follow the Lord. We, we, we genuinely want God to just drop it in our laps. That like he'll snap his fingers and the darkness will lift. It's like, no, the darkness won't lift with just a snap of a finger. You need time in his presence. And you need to align yourself with God and align yourself with God's people and align yourself with God, God's places and in alignment with those things. In the same way, my, even my daughter's life got course corrected. Your life will get course corrected too. Because all you got to do to take your life off, off track is just coast. To live in God's will, the only way to do it is on purpose. And if you get serious about alignment with God and time in his presence, and he, he, he allows you to strip away your plans, like that, our, our perfectly planned trip to China all falls apart. It's like, what are you going to do? Just go, trust me. And you get in this position where you begin to trust God to align you with the right people and align you with the right places and align you with the right things. And God is like, once now that I've trained you to trust and you have connected with what you need to connect to spiritually out of this, I'm now going to equip you naturally because you are ready for these things. Amen. 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 Train to trust. I, I told my, and you, you've heard me talk about my niece a lot recently. It's been neat to see how God has just kept her. And the Lord will keep people. Um, and uh, out of that, years ago, because, you know, she didn't have a strong connection uh, with her, her natural father. Um, I sensed the Lord, like, put me in a position to just help her. And so she's graduating high school. And when she was graduating uh, high school, um, she, you know, she's going to college. And, you know, I'm, I'm gearing up to, like, how can I help and how can I make, you know, the right kind of, you know, investments to help her along the way. And the Lord stopped me. He said, don't you do it. I was just praying one day. And he said, don't do it. Don't give her any money for college. Don't do it. Let her choose. Let her make the choice. And let her pay for it. And I'm like, Lord, I want to help her. And he had, and I told my, my niece this here recently. You heard me say it. This was the context of this statement. The Lord has had to restrain my love for you. Because it's true. The Lord had to restrain my love for my niece. She's like a daughter to me. 
And the Lord had to restrain my love for her. And this is why he said, you're not to be the hero in her story. I am. And if you do this, she'll always look to you. But if you will let her go through this, she will look to me. And she will find me in this moment. And man, it, it, it literally, she would go through things and I'd so badly want to send her money and the Lord would have to restrain my love. Don't do it. You're not helping people by helping people all the time. There is a Lord. You're not them. And so she would go, I'm like, let's pray. Let's ask the Lord. And the Lord would always come through. Uh, like it was amazing. And now she's like almost 30 and like in talking to my, my niece and just hearing her God story. You know what I see? I see the thread of the spirit. Perfect? No. Is she perfect? No. But I see the thread of the spirit. The Lord is at work. And you have to see the thread of the spirit in your own life of how the Lord is linking things up. Oh, this is why he wants me to go here. And oh, this is why this fell through and learn how to trust him. But when he tells you to connect with him, connect with him. And when he tells you to connect to a place, connect to a place. And when he tells you to connect to a people, connect to a people because the Lord is at work. And he's training you to trust him. Amen. 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 Worship team, you can come on back up. I think that's enough. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just worship team, you can come up and I'll just wait on the Lord here. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just hear this in my heart. You've been in a season where you've been walking in the wilderness. In the shadows where the sun has tried to break through, but the trees that have been around you have limited its overall rays. You've gone through valleys and twists and turns. And through avenues and valleys that sometimes were even out of my will. But I have been with you. And my voice has been trying to lead you and guide you into paths of life and paths of righteousness. Out of the, the, the crooked places and over into the straight. And in this season, if you will humble yourself and come to a place of connection with me. You will see you'll come out of the shadows. And you will see your time in the wilderness will come to an end. For you have been in a season where I've been training you to trust. And sometimes it's been imperfect, but that's okay. Sometimes there's been moments where your heart was discouraged and defeated for seasons and even months. But that's okay. I've always been faithful. And I've always been with you. But it's time to come out of those moments. And it's time to walk out of those shadows. The wilderness season is over for you. Step into your promised land. And the way you'll see it is with a full surrender to my spirit. And a full surrender to my plan. 
There is a disconnection that's been happening from places and people, even in your own life. Things that you can no longer commit yourself to. People you can no longer commit yourself to. And that's hard, but it'll be all right. Let it go when you'll see new places and new people that you are to connect to. You'll see new things, including me, that you are to connect with. And from these supplies, it'll be strength for you to run your race and finish your course. You'll have guides through my spirit and people my spirit flow through that'll lead you out of this wilderness and get you on the right paths. So be sensitive to the threat of the spirit and be sensitive to the people that I've connected to you. Allow sweet fellowship to come from their counsel and sit at their feet and let the Holy Spirit lead you through their words. For there is much I long to show you. And you even heard a word tonight. A great adventure awaits, with you, awaits you. A great adventure with your father. A great adventure with times in his presence. A great adventure of communion and fellowship. I long to go on a great adventure with you. Will you go with me? Will you step out of the shadows? Will you allow the guides to lead you out of the wilderness? We say, Lord, we will. In Jesus' name, we will, we will, we will. In the name of Jesus, we will, Father. We will surrender, Lord Jesus. We will surrender, Heavenly Father. We will surrender to your Spirit. We'll surrender to your people. We'll surrender to your places. We'll surrender to your heart. We'll surrender, Lord Jesus. To your ways and to your life, we will surrender, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just sing whatever comes up out of that. Just worship the Lord tonight.